God, I just thank you so much for the cross that you have given us, that you freely laid down your life. And Lord, I just pray as we consider the cross and the sacrifice, Lord, that we would just be mindful of how it relates to our life. And um, so, Lord, thank you so much for loving us and giving us your son. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Would you give the band a hand for a great job? Well, good morning. It is great to see you today. And those who are watching and listening online, we thank you for joining us and being here and be a part of our service too. We have been in a sermon series out of the book of Ephesians titled Deep and Wide for several weeks. And in thinking about the sermon today, I, I really think that maybe the deepest and widest and most controversial subject in our country today is the the issue of race race issues I mean it is a deep issue and a wide issue and doesn't seem like we're helping fix that gap or that gulf very well and if you listen to the tv if you listen to uh, you listen to commentators or you watch sports you know a lot of athletes and a lot of entertainers and a lot of politicians have opinions on the subject of race, and, and they're certainly entitled to that, just like you are and, and I am, but just remember, because a, a person can act in a movie like Robin Hood and get paid $50 million for doing it, doesn't mean that their opinion is wise, intelligent, or always on target. Neither is mine, by the way. But I want us to see God's view on this subject this morning. I want us to see what God says on it for you and me. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians chapter two. God's always right. We, we looked at race back in September from a different angle, but I've never seen it from the angle that I'm going to share with it to, to you this morning. I preached on the cross, the subject of the cross, here probably 15 times in other, in other places, other churches, uh, many times before too, but I had never, never preached this passage, never even really, I hate to admit it, put together the cross with the race issues that we have today. But let's do a quick summary if you were here last week, if you weren't. The cross, first of all, is about God trying to reconcile you with himself. Reconcile means to make right with. Listen, whether you and I realize it or not, before we have a relationship with God, we are, we are at odds with God. And, and, and Jesus going to the cross was about him. And this is, the, this is the fundamental thing. You gotta get this right first. It's about God trying to make us right with himself through Jesus Christ. In verse 13 of chapter two, it says this. If you don't have a Bible, the scriptures will be on the screens. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Remember, if you're taking notes, this is a good thing to write down. Anytime you see the word blood in the New Testament, it's, it's always talking about the cross and the death of Jesus Christ. It's not talking about like, you know, somebody got, they were out, Peter and them were out fishing and he tore, you know, a hook tore his face, he was bleeding. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. And we go back to last week to Ephesians 1, 7. It says this, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So here's the cross. First part of the cross, you've got to get this. This other part is huge, but it comes after this. Jesus went and died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and my sins. 
He didn't go to pay for his sins. He went to pay for your sins and my sins. And when it says he redeemed us, it means he bought us back. Jesus paid all the price there had to be paid so that you and I could find forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. That is the fundamental first part of the cross. That's where people like me a lot of times have left it at that and we haven't moved from that. That's where you find forgiveness That's where you find abundant life here. That's where you find eternal life is at the cross. Remember, we saw this last week. The cross, man, what a brutal price it was to pay to pay for your redemption. I mean, he got flogged, which is basically almost killed with a whip. Then he was nailed to the cross, his hands nailed to the cross with his feet. And then he hung there hopelessly and and, uh, totally vulnerable for six hours before a guard pierced his Side and we believe probably hit his pericardium, his heart sack, and water and blood comes out, and Jesus died. Now, I got a secret for you. Come back next week. He doesn't stay dead. Isn't that great? He came back to life, but he died on the cross. So the first part of the cross that you got to get down is, the man, it was about Jesus dying for your sins and my sins to redeem us and to make us right with God. And that's so awesome, and it's so fundamental. But it doesn't stop there. What we're going to see this morning, here's the second thing. The cross is about God trying to reconcile people with each other. And I'm going to show you, I mean, it's exactly what this text is going to say. It's about God getting us right with him, and then God getting us right with each other. Hey, we need to hear that, don't we? We need to hear that. Bill Maher is a a political commentator and last week he said this I think he's exactly right on this he said the New York Post is a Republican magazine the New York Times is a Democrat magazine the New York Times historically has been one of the most uh, leading flagship papers in the country and he said the Washington Post right there in the Capitol is a Democratic paper And I think he's probably right in what he said. And then he went on to say, that's just where we are. We're just divided. We're just divided as a country. But I I think we're more divided on race issues even than we are on political issues, as politically crazy as we are. I think race is even worse. But I want to go back 2,000 years ago and show you this is not a new problem. In verse 11 and 12, kind of the, kicks off this passage. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are, are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world what a bleak and negative passage what is that saying what is he talking about there well a Gentile is a non-Jewish person so he's making two characteristics Jewish people and the rest of the world I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're an ethnic Jew or if you've converted to Judaism I'll just ask you this how many of you are not Jewish Probably 99% in this room are not Jewish by ethnicity or by religion. Therefore, we are a Gentile, okay? That'll, that'll help you understand. They didn't divide, the, the Jewish people at least didn't divide the world between black and white or, or Jewish and Arab. They divided in between Jewish and everybody else. And he's saying some things here that are very important and very powerful about the Jewish people. 
They were a special people, had a special calling on them. Now, this is important too, though. The Jewish people, their, their calling was not they get to go to heaven and nobody else gets to. You don't go to heaven because you're an ethnic or religious Jew. Jesus blew that away. You go to heaven based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. They got that a little bit mixed up, but they still were a very special people. Here, here's some of the things about the Jewish people. and I'm going to give you a two-minute summary of, of something that's taught as, as a seminary class for a whole semester, Okay. The Jewish people got the Ten Commandments. They got the Ten Commandments. I, my, my relatives are from Scotland and, and Ireland. It wasn't the Scottish Craigs who got the Ten Commandments. It was the Jewish people, right? And then they got the commandments of God. They got the tabernacle, which was kind of the portable temple. And then the Jewish people got the temple. They got these really cool things. And then, by the way, the Messiah, we know him as who? <clears throat> That's kind of weak. Who? By Jesus. Jesus didn't come through the Smith family from France. He came from the Jewish people. Abraham is called the father of, of the Arabs. He's also called the father of the Jewish people. And we call him our father as Christians. But the Messiah was coming through a specific line of Abraham is the father. Then it was through his son Isaac. Then it was through his son Jacob, who's later his name was changed to Israel. And then it was coming through King David. And then it was coming through Jesus. See, the Jewish people had a lot of special things, didn't they? A lot of special honors given to them that, by the way, let's just be honest, they weren't given to my family. That's not in my bloodline. That's in the Jewish bloodline. But not all, but a lot of the Jewish people got caught up in we're special, not that we have a special purpose. They were special, but they were supposed to be a missionary people. They weren't supposed to hoard these things. They were supposed to bring the world to God and bring glory to God and bring the world to God. And, and for the most part, they didn't do a real good job with that. And, and we go to Jesus' days where we are here in this passage. And by Jesus' day, a lot of Jewish people wouldn't speak to a non-Jewish person in public. They would not eat with you. They would not let you come into their house, nor would they go in your house. And folks, I don't know about you. I want to be nice to people, but when I walk by someone 15 times and they ignore me, they won't let, I try to sit at their table and they tell me no. I go knock on their door to go in and they won't let me. I invite them to my house and they won't come in. At some point, that, that disdain starts working both ways. There was tension, 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 tension between the Jews and the the non-Jewish people, heavy tension. Vody Balkum is a, uh, an African-American man. He, is a, he grew up in Los Angeles and in Texas. He's the president of a Bible college in Zimbabwe. Vody Balkum said, this is so important. He said that the tension between the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people in Jesus and Paul's day was far worse than the black and white or black Hispanic, white Hispanic, white, whatever our racial tensions are today. That's pretty profound. Write this down if you're taking notes. Read it when you get home, Acts 22. In Acts 22, this shows you a little bit about the racial tension. Paul, who God's using to write Ephesians, is a Jewish man who became a Christian. And in Acts 22, he's in Jerusalem and he's talking to this big audience of Jewish people. And he's telling them all the things God's doing through him. And then all of a sudden, he makes a horrible mistake. He cusses in the middle of the sermon. Mm -mm. His robe came undone. Mm -mm. He burped. Wouldn't that be terrible? No, here's what he did. He goes, oh, and by the way, I'm fixing to go preach to the non-Jewish people. They wanted to kill him. 
Do you realize how psycho that is? Could you imagine today if I said, hey, tonight I'm going to go preach to some, some uh, uh, Native Americans, some Navajo of the Navajo tribe, and you guys want to kill me because I want to go preach to Native Americans? You are psycho racist, aren't you? Somebody say yes. Yes, you're psycho. That is absolutely crazy. You see, racism and prejudice and bigotry is not new stuff. By definition, what does it mean to be prejudiced? Prejudice is simply built on two words to prejudge. You are prejudiced or I'm exhibiting prejudice when we judge somebody by their color, by, by how tall they are, what they weigh or what they're wearing or what they drive. That's prejudice. Racism and being racist is basically prejudice based on race. That I'm going to judge you unfavorably or maybe I'm going to show you unfair favor because you're white or you're black or you're brown or you're mixed whatever it is and bigotry someone said bigotry is basically racism and prejudice on steroids it's just somebody who is a racist and a bigot and they are excited and fired up about it it's important to understand these aren't new issues you go back into the last century the 20th century World War II, the Chinese and the Japanese, a lot of hatred, just based on ethnicity. And if you're from German descent, I'm not talking about you at all, but you would have to agree, Hitler and gang had some race issues, didn't they? Kind of bigoted. You jump into our world today, you jump in the Middle East today, the Arabs and the Jews, the blacks and the whites, the Whites and Hispanic, Hispanics and the blacks, the Asians, racial tensions. I want to tell you something. God's got some answers for us today. God's got some answers. In verse 13, he's kind of getting to the heart of it. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. He's going to change your heart if you will let him. Jewish people probably would have bristled at the thought of the, wait a second, we're going to be saved just the same way the Gentiles are going to be saved? Absolutely. And then in verse 14, he really kicks the can. For he himself, Jesus, is our peace who has made the two one. Now, it's not two different groups. It's Jews and everybody else. It's tons of different groups. So when he says the two one, he's saying he's bringing all people together who will let him bring them together. And he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. That means nothing to you and me. It meant everything to them. And let me explain it to you. I want you to see a diagram of the temple in, in Jesus' day. It's called Herod's Temple. This is, the whole area is called the temple, but really right there where the Holy of Holies is, is, is really the temple. But this, this is the temple area. This is 40 acres. It's gigantic. And it's divided in different courts. You see, here's the court of Gentiles. This is where you and I roam, okay? And then there's this wall. And there's a wall here and a gate, and then you enter the court of women. Jewish women and men could go in there. Then the next court, it's kind of hard to see on this, but it's the court of Gentiles. That's the court, I mean, excuse me, the court of Israelites. That's the court of Jewish men. Then you go to the court of priests. Only priests can go. And then you get into here, and, and only the high priest can go into the Holy Holies once a year. Leave that up for a moment. Do you see that wall right there? That wall was the dividing wall he's talking about here. 
Everybody here is a non-Jewish person. There in multiple languages, there were written on that wall, this inscription. If you proceed past this area into the next area, you will die and you will be responsible for your death. We used to have signs on the, the walls outside saying, please don't bring food and drink in the worship center. We, we took those down because we think you can eat and drink and still worship God. But what if we would have had signs out there that said this, if you bring a donut in here, you're going to die. And you're responsible. I would go go to another church because I'm pro-donut. I'm telling you that. <laughs> but I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. When you put up a sign and tell somebody, if you go past this, you're going to die. And by the way, you're responsible for your death. That is not how Dale Carnegie taught us to win friends and influence people. You agree? I want you to remember what I said to Jesus, what that just said about that wall. But we don't get it. Churches don't get it. I saw this week a church in Chicago area, Oak Park, Illinois, United Church, First United Church, I think was the name of it, that for Lent, they were going to fast from whiteness. Hmm. I always tell people I fast from marijuana during Lent. Now, if you're freaking out, I'm just kidding. If I fast from chocolate, I'm serious. God's trying to do a work in my life. But fast from whiteness. Hmm. John Stewart, who is a, he was a comedian, he's more of a political commentator now. John Stewart said last week, unless America repents of its exceptionalism, we will never atone for our sin of racism. Hmm. I've heard people say you need to repent of being white or you need to repent of being black or you need to repent of being Hispanic or brown or you need to repent of being a male or a birthing person. Y'all didn't get that, a woman? Y'all are too serious this morning. Folks, you can't repent of something you had no responsibility in being. It's not a sin to be white or black or brown or mixed. It's not a sin to be a man. You may be dumb because you're a man, but it's not a sin. Amen? Men? And the women are like, we will get into y'all later. So when you tell, and, and I'm not claiming to be like some super Bible scholar, but I know enough about the Bible about this. When you start telling people to repent of something they can't repent of, and by the way, that's not a sin, you've gone off in goofy land. In goofy land. You see, the sin is prejudice. The sin is racism. The sin is discrimination. The sin is bigotry. And what God says here, you come to me and you let me save you. You let me change you. You embrace what I did on the cross. I will change your heart. I have atoned for those sins. I will forgive you. That's what we need. That's the answer. I can't atone for my sins. I need to repent of my sins and accept the atonement that Jesus has already given. In verse 15, he continues this great thoughts. 
by abolishing in the flesh the law with its commandments and regulations his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two thus making peace wow if you're taking notes the word new there means new in quality see here's what he's saying Bible says this when you get saved when you embrace what Jesus did for you on the cross because what he did for you on the cross you become a new person you get a new heart and and he brings us together red yellow black and white brown whatever he brings us together and his goal is to create one man out of the many See, the key is getting right with Jesus. Look in verse 16. And in this body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. The cross is about me getting reconciled with God, but it's about people getting reconciled with people. I don't know why I haven't preached this a thousand times through the years. By which he put to death their hostility. I, I hear this. I hear things like, well, white supremacy or CRT or this or that or this theory or that theory. That's what's going to solve our problems. No, it's not. It's making the divide worse. What's going to solve our problems is if people get right with Jesus Christ and accept what he did on the cross, that's what will break the dividing wall of hostility. That's what will bring us together. It's a simple solution. It's just blunt, and it's direct. And it hits us right at the heart of where God wanted to hit us. I died on that cross to reconcile you to me, and I died on that cross to reconcile people to each other. Verse 17 through 19, he says this. He came and preached peace to those who were far away. That's us non-Jewish. Peace to those who were near. You can be far or near and still not be there. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household. I'll explain that more in a second. Several years ago on MSNBC's website, and MSNBC, if you don't know, is not, it's not like some conservative group trying to push Jesus on you. They had an article and says that we have confirmed, or our scientists have confirmed, Eve to being the mother of all humans. And this article is kind of, a, it, it's, it's, it's hard to read, at least for a preacher, but they use mitochondrial DNA to research, and they say, and I'm telling you, in this article, it's like they are trying to do everything they can to make sure you, they're not wanting you to buy into Jesus and all that, but they, they're not, I'll give them credit, they're not denying the science. Basically, the science, they said, we have found out that all people go back to the same mama. Is that not great? Now, we know they go back to the same daddy, too. But I want you to think about this. We all got the same mama. Even the scientists are saying that. Well, wait a second. They're brown and I'm green. You got the same mama. I don't know what happened in between, but we got the same mama. And someday when we stand before God, think about this. It's like, it's like God's going to be standing there and mom and daddy are going to be standing there, Adam and Eve. And they're going to have their arms crossed looking at a lot of us. You ever been to court before? Don't raise your hand. I don't mean court like a judge or a lawyer. I've been to court before I was a Christian. Got to throw that in there. And for two days, I had mama and daddy sitting behind me, breathing down my neck. Of course, my mother was just humiliated. And my father was just fired up. 
And the judge was sitting before me, and the judge scared me, but mom and daddy sitting behind me scared me more. You know, I just wonder someday when we stand before God, if mom and daddy, Adam and Eve, aren't going to be standing there, what color Adam and Eve? They're green. That's in the Bible. Did you know that? I don't know what color Adam and Eve were. But Adam and Eve may be standing there going, why did you treat your brother and your sister so bad? Why did you treat your brother and sister so bad? Well, I'm just a racist, and that's just who I am. It's who my parents were. Hey, man, I love my mom and dad, and, and your mom and dad are great too, I'm sure. You follow Jesus, not your parents. When you get to a certain age, we all have the same mom and dad. But that passage said something even deeper. It says we all have one cross, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit who draws us to Jesus, and one God the Father. Did you get that? We don't worship a white God, a black God, a brown God, an Asian God, an American God. Man, in Jesus Christ, we worship the same God who we met at the same cross, who the same Spirit drew us to that same Jesus and to that same Father. Wow. In France, during World War I, there was a, a young soldier killed. And in a break in the battle, his fellow soldiers took his body to a church. And they, they went up and they knocked on the door. The minister lived right beside the church. And they asked, it was a Catholic priest, they said, can we bury our our friend in your cemetery it had a beautiful fenced-in cemetery, pasture land around it. And the priest asked, is your, is your friend Catholic? And they said, we don't know. And he said, well, you, you can't bury him inside of the fence. Of course, they were sad and bewildered. But he said, you can bury him outside of the fence. And so the boys, again, sad, they they dug a quick hole, they buried him, they told the priest, we'll come back in a few days and we will see to his grave and, you know, we'll say some prayers and stuff. Oh, we got to get back. Well, a few days later, this is a true story, they came back and they could not find his grave. They looked all around the perimeter. They knew pretty sure right where they buried him and there was nothing there. They saw several fresh graves inside of the fence, but none outside. And they thought, did this priest... Did he come and dig up our friend? And if he did, he sure did a good job of recovering it, resodding the area. So they went and knocked on the, the door, and the priest came out. They said, where's our friend? And he kind of teared up. And he said, after y'all left, I realized what I had done was wrong. And I went out the next day myself, and I moved the fence. I moved the fence and I, I put your friend's grave now is inside of the fence. That's, man, that's awesome. But I want to tell you, Jesus won up that. Jesus came to that fence and he didn't move the fence. He tore that thing down. Jesus came to the dividing wall that divided Jews against everyone else. He didn't say, I made another entry. This is the non-Jew entry, this is the Jew entry. I didn't give you a ladder. He goes, I tore the wall down. That's what the cross is about. Redeeming us to God and redeeming us with other people.
So I want to ask you this morning, if you're not a Christian, why would you reject this faith? I mean, I want you to think about this. Man, what Jesus did for you personally, then he comes in and he looks, he looks at, he looks at the, the sin of our world. He looks at the, the brokenness in our world and he wants to bring it together. Why wouldn't you give your life to Jesus today? When we stand in a moment, you can come right now this morning and give your life to Christ. We'll talk to you after church. If you're watching online, stay with us because we, I want to help you in a moment. Give your life to Christ if you're ready. Why not today? Maybe you'd like to join our church. Hey, what I've laid out to you this morning is who we are. Uh, if that makes you uncomfortable, maybe we wouldn't be the church for you. If that's who we are, we're welcoming everybody in the name of Jesus Christ. You can come and join us right now. You can join after church or online, but we would love to. Love to have you join our church if God's leading you. Maybe you're a Christian today, and many of you are. Many of you, you're doing well with this. I just want to encourage you, keep it up. Don't let the world and the negativity of things get you down. Man, stay focused on being a unifier in Jesus. Maybe you're not doing so well. Maybe where you're standing or at the altar or praying with a minister, you need to repent today because this stuff's not optional. If Jesus died for it, I think that lets us know how important it is. Let's stand. Let's stand as God leads you. Respond to him today. We'll be waiting on you. Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to him I free. I will ever love and trust Him His presence daily I surrender all I surrender all All my blessed Savior, I surrender. Bow your heads with me. Again, as a Christian today, man, if this, is, if this issue in your heart needs to be made right, make it right with God today. Man, He wants to ask for His forgiveness, ask for His help. And if you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're one, but you're ready today to give your life to Christ, pray with me where you are and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sin. And Jesus, I accept your God's Son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Side of the chasm, you have.
inside So you made a way Across the great divide Left behind heaven's throne To build it here inside There at the cross You paid the debt I owed Broke my chain 